Hey everyone, welcome to Perspectives Podcast. This is episode 10. We are in the final episode of season one. Uh, super excited to have, you know, our guest Frank with us, but we also have Danny, we have Jerry, and you have myself. And to be honest, uh, to our audience, we didn't think we'd make it this far for me, you know, when we, when, we, <laughs> when we started this, we were like with the idea of, uh, you know, just doing it all for me, speaking for myself, you know, for, for quarantine, because we were stuck in our houses, but little by little, this has just been growing. And, you know, we can't take all the credit, you know, uh, part of the credit is also to our loyal audience the people who we know uh that are listening constantly so we appreciate you guys and and we appreciate the messages that you send us and how it's motivating you guys and that hearing that motivates us so you know we're going to continue moving forward season two is going to come out soon be on the lookout but now we have our frank martinez a good friend of ours and just how we've been doing it for the couple past episodes we do want to ask you know, for the people who don't know Frank Martinez, to, to the first question is, you know, who is Frank? Who is Frank? Well, I appreciate you guys having me first and foremost. Uh, very excited to join in. When you guys first announced your, you would be doing the podcast, I was I was pretty excited about it because, you know, I had started one just a little bit before that. And it was pretty cool. And I know all you guys personally. So uh, it was something I was like, jumped, jumped behind right away. Um, but who am I? I, you know, I am a child of God, first and foremost. That's, that's my identity, right? Citizen yeah. of heaven. Yeah. The Bible tells it, Amen. but, uh, I am a husband of one <laughs> father of four. Mm-hmm. So you can call me a forefather of sorts if you want. <laughs> a forefather. I am, a am an ordained minister of the church of uh, Inspire Church, rather, in Carson, California. Mm. Prior to that, I was at Hope Center for, for several years and, uh, you know, other places before that. But essentially, that 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 what I just mentioned runs my life. The, it, being a husband, being a father, being a servant, and being a friend. And so that, that's really who I am. And I'm just a person with who loves to serve more than anything. If I can describe myself in one word, it'd be that it's just someone who serves men, serves my family, serves my God, serves my church, you know, and, uh, and my French. And that's a, that's pretty cool because that's how I kind of met you. I actually met you at a youth camp. I think that's where, that's where I met you. Met was you. It? Yeah. I, th- I thought it might've been basketball, basketball juniors. That's what I was going to say for me. Was I it? met Frank in a basketball junior league. I remember I was. Well, okay. Can I go, can I go person by person? Yeah. How I met you. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. So you correct me if I'm wrong. I thought on my screen it's Daniel, uh, Jerry and Josue. But so Daniel, I think I met you. You were or you organized or you were coaching your junior <laughs> yeah, we were getting basketball smoked. team for yeah, your yeah. church. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, but sense. you were there every week, man. Yeah, you were yeah. showing up and, and yeah. And we were using the high school over there. Oh Midwest. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and was then, it, yeah. you know, youth camp, I think was that. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was that. Because yeah, that year we were just getting smoked. Like it sucked because all the all my juniors didn't have their growth spurt yet, and legit the year after that they all grew to like seven feet tall. And I was like, oh no! And then 
And then Hosanna was over here cheating using like 17 year olds. Hosanna's over here just like dunking on us. I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't know if my silence is a confirmation. (laughs) No, they weren't cheating. Governor Reserve comment. They were good. They were good. They were just good. Yeah, they dominate. Though. But uh, yeah, so so and then later was was uh was youth camp, of course, and connecting on politics and things. Oh like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Jerry, I believe, was youth camp for sure. Actually, I remember because there was some, there was some. Uh, let's just say some <laughs> alleged, <laughs> alleged. What did he do? What did he do? Because I don't know about this. So you can you know, go ahead and I've, talk uh, about it. I don't. I don't. Know. So I've been blessed to serve as camp manager, which is what we call it up there in our in our district. You know, we're all in the LA district, which is just the person who kind of right next to the president of the camp of the district. You know, helps run the camp and just the operations of it all and and everything like that from from the registration process before camp throughout. You know, everything arrival during the week, closing it down, being the last one to leave, make sure everything runs smoothly. And and so during camp, typically what that means is working with the head counselors. If there's ever any kind of issues that that has made it up to them from a counselor that is going on with the campers. (laughs) Oh, man. uh, One day I get some talk about a guy with a beard was the description. (laughs) Well, it was a, so it was, it was his friend. I mean, can I use names? Is is that? So you're good friends with Ashton Adame, right? (laughs) And so as I was relayed the story is there was some drama in one of the cabins between another guy and Ashton over some, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how deep we want to go into this. But there were some issues. And Okay, so let's put it this way. Person- Somebody took to camp something they weren't supposed to take to camp. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, some paraphernalia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And so long, I don't want to get to the whole story, but the long story short is I had to eventually go to Jerry, who I was meeting for the first time, <laughs> and and ask him, all right, bro, you need to be honest with me. I don't know you, but I got to trust your word. If it's yay or nay, you know what I mean? If it's no, you know, your, your people are going to get in trouble. There's going to be repercussions. If it's yay, then we're good. So, you know, he gave me his word on, on his side of the story. And I was uh, trying to be the best judge of characters I could in the moment. And uh, we ended up proceeding forward with camp. And I want to say he was blessed the rest of the week, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, what what year was this? Last year. Uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago. No, no, it wasn't I'm last playing, year. I'm playing. It was several years yeah. back. I don't remember exactly, but it was like because um, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Nah, at least three yeah, years ago, maybe more. Like All right. Yeah. Uh, and so, so Josue, um, yeah, same thing. Juniors, you know, running the sports that I something I did for several years, and uh, Josue was there. I think the first year. And one thing that sticks out with, about you, Josue, is that you were uh, very, very faithful. With It was soccer. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was soccer. It was soccer. And you remember we had to sell the chocolates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like 40 boxes of chocolates or something. <laughs> For real. And uh, Josue came one day. The thing that stands out is there were some teams that didn't end up selling all of their chocolates. Um, and, and Josue and his church was one of the teams who did. 
But Josue, because he was like hounding parents and running them down to get the money from their from their kids who had who had sold chocolates or whatever. And when Josue shows up, I always remember because we were in the back of the parking lot of Hosanna Church. I don't know why it was some kind of event and he met me there. And he rolls up with like these giant Ziploc bags. <laughs> and there's pennies and nickels and dimes and dollar bills. And it ended up being a few hundred dollars, Jeez. but just broken down mm-hmm. into a bunch of chips. Yeah. <laughs> and and what's Einstein. funny about that is like, uh, the, the kids who were in my team, they were like, hey, we try to do the best we could do. Like, you got to take these coins. And in my head, I was like, should I just put this all in one bag? I was like, nah, I'm just going to give it to him like this. So that's how I gave it to him. So he, Oswe rolls up, is like, oh, bro, you could count it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coin star. 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? Yeah, like afterwards, like a couple of weeks later, I found out from other teachers that I would ask them, because I knew one of the coaches. And I was like, hey, did you end up selling all the chocolates? And they were like, no, we did it. I was like, oh, and I'm over here, like, trying to sell all of them. Because I don't want to look, I don't want, first of all, my church to look bad. Like, oh, these, these kids ate the chocolates and they're not going to pay. Like that. <laughs> or the coach ate the chocolates and they're not going to pay. I so, probably would have ate the chocolates and just gave it so, yeah, money. Man. You, could, you, you could have told if they ate the chocolate, if when they played, they throw up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it was soccer, I forgot. And then I remember I joined up. We joined basketball, and then my team actually went to the finals, but we lost, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, good time. Did you use seventeen-year-olds too? No, I'm nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we actually had a, a kid who was fourteen at that time, uh, and, but he was That's he legal. was tall. He was like my height, and he was like fourteen. Uh, but there was other churches, like I remember other churches. Not gonna name them, but their kids like. Sana? No, no, I was just joking, by the way. Uh, let's let's drop the whole thing. <laughs> but if you want to know the story about joking. the child from Hosanna, you can just talk to me <laughs> offline. Oh, yeah, I think I remember. I remember when you gathered like a meeting with the coaches. I think I remember that. Oh, okay, well, yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, other than that, we're, we're thankful to, to have Frank. And, uh, you know, this, this last episode, we really didn't want to make it like uh, – a specific topic because uh, I know Frank. Frank is into many things. Yeah. He's into sports. He's into, you know, he's faithful to church. He's. We're also going to be talking about politics. And I think that should be the first thing we talk about with what's going on around the world uh, and especially here in our country, you know. And, and what, what are your thoughts right now more, for most uh, with the whole protests that have been going on? with the whole Black Lives Matter movement and, and all the stuff that you see going on on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff? I think it's easy to zoom in or, or to be zoomed in um, on on specific movements. You mentioned the BLM um, or, or specific happenings, specific situations that have come up um, because that's what's fed to us. You look on your phone, you open up social media, you see specific things. You see a video of a riot. You see a video of, of a beating mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, an unjust death or something along those lines. Um, obviously, throughout the news, you, you know, you're fed all the stuff that is 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 um, sensationalized, something that's going to touch your sensations, to your, your feelings and your rights. Uh, well, in, in the news media, there's something there's an old uh, there's an old slogan if you will for them or strategy that says if it bleeds it leads mm-hmm. meaning that would be the lead 
of the of the news program for the nightly news if it mm-hmm. bleeds if it's something that is going to catch your attention and draw you in um, then that's what they want to put out there so if i can i'd like to zoom out a little bit and not just be specific on uh one movement or one occurrence but i think just overall um as it pertains to our country and what's going on with the protests and with the movements and with uh, you just see a gradual shift of of left wing politics, let's just mm-hmm. say, and you see a gradual um, push for what I, my personal opinion, if I can be frank, is uh, of Marxism, mm-hmm. it's cultural Marxism mm-hmm. at, at work, and and I think that is the end goal, and I think there's a reason why you don't know what the end goal is for a lot of. Uh, the the movements that you see, you know, in the last five, six years, there's been so many different marches and so many different protests and so many different movements that have gripped the nation. And uh, all of it, if you really study the politics of it and the agenda and the narratives, it's all pushing towards that. It's all pushing towards a particular mm-hmm. ideology. And I feel that that's something that we should be aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of questions often of should we support this protest? Yeah, yeah. Should we support that protest? Should is it okay for um, a believer to be joining in this movement or that <clears throat> movement? And um, I think a, a good way to measure that in question is is what is the agenda? Mm-hmm. What is the true agenda? Mm-hmm. Okay, because there's an agenda that's sold to you, mm-hmm. right? But then what is the actual agenda? What is Behind. the actual uh, yeah the actual goal end game yeah. end goal rather? And, I mean, and then once you find that out, and once you realize that, then you can answer the question a little bit easier for yourself. Is if it's something that aligns with um, your mission as a child of God, your mission as somebody who was called to advance the kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, because you see, what is that? What is that place? Chaz in 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 Washington. Well, Chop. I think it was renamed. It was renamed. What is it called now? Yeah, it was renamed like a week ago. Oh. They call it CHOP. Really? <laughs> CHOP. What is the acronym now? I forgot. Uh, CHAZ was Capital Hill uh, Autonomous uh, Zone. That's what it Occup- was. Autonomous Zone, yeah. Yeah. But um, like that, that's like you said, as Marxists, you have the the creators of uh, BLM saying that they're trained Marxists and mm-hmm. like openly. But uh, as far as the sentiment, would you agree with that? Not the agenda behind it. Because I, I was like watching sure. uh, Colin Noir. You know Colin Noir. He's like a gun rights activist and um, he's a part of the NRA. Well, he used to be a part of the NRA. And um, he, he said that particular thing. He's like, I'm for the sentiment of BLM, like Black Lives Matter, but I'm not for the agenda behind it or the organization, the organization. as Black Lives Matter, as an organization. Would you agree with the sentiment Black Lives Matter? Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. but I, I mean, I would say that it's it's well branded, mm-hmm. it's expertly branded. I might I might su- suggest it's uh, it because it's almost trapped people into a, a, a corner where if you say you don't agree with the organization, you, they can easily point at you and call you racist. They can point at and you and be like, "Oh, you're saying black lives matter." Yeah, so. 
uh, it's a good way to separate it out and say, of course, the idea, that concept, of course, Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. And I know there's I know there's a hefty debate <laughs> with those two phrases being uttered. Um, but yes, it police, you know, and, and you, 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 get, you get real detailed with all that stuff. You get so into. I think it's just hard for me personally to separate the agenda from the sentiment of the organization and the movement. Uh, I, I don't believe personally mm -hmm. that it's truly meant to better the livelihoods of uh, minorities at all. I think mm -hmm. it's totally meant to capitalize for political advancement, for political gain, and ultimately to gain power. Mm -hmm. I think that is the agenda and to push the ideologies on the public. Um, so that's why personally, you know, you didn't see me posting the squares <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff because it was hard for me and I'm a minority, right? Yeah. But uh, it was hard for me to get behind the overall agenda. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't support black lives or whatever kind of minority yeah. uh, group that is suffering any type of injustice or any type of, um, issues within that community, hmm. we're called to do exactly. that. We're called to support. We're called to help the needy, the underprivileged, and to, um, you know, that's the whole idea of James chapter two when he talks about faith and works, mm -hmm. right? He says, show me your faith without your works. You can't, but I'll show you my faith by my works. Mm -hmm. If somebody's if somebody's without clothes and, and cold and without food, and you tell them, be, you know, depart in peace, be blessed, just that like, doesn't, doesn't do anything. Them. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Right. But if you give them something to warm them, if you give them food and then depart them in peace, now you've done way more than you than anyone else could have for mm -hmm. them. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you if you want to help out, help out whatever is placed on your house to assist. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's it's, of course, critical that you understand where your money is going where your support is going and what agendas or narratives you might be pushing by doing. Yeah. So. yeah. And so it's something strong that has, I'll ask you this, that has been coming, not just out of this, but it's been already, uh, how do you say existing for some time would be, you know, cancel culture. And, you know, right now that's yeah. like, uh, you look all over the media, like whatever you see, if someone said this or somebody said that, like automatically they're being, you know, bashed. And sometimes I would say they're bashed unfairly because they don't really know everything that's going on. But what's, what's, your, what's your opinion on all that, you know, cancer culture? Uh, I don't even know, like, should Christians be participating as well? Because I, I have seen, you know, people posting like, oh, don't support this because they said that, or, you know, don't support this person because now they believe this and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And um, I, I would like to add on to that because I seen it um, because of these, and it's like, okay, like you, like I said earlier, I do agree with that sentiment. Black lives matter because black mm -hmm. lives do matter. Of course, you know, I can't say they, they don't, but as an organization, you know, that's a whole different story. And I don't I appreciate how like every other every other like disenfranchised group wants to tag themselves sure. with that group. And then by right. default, everybody else is like going to support these things. Like, for example, uh, the, uh, I don't even know what it is anymore, but it's like the LG, LGBTQ. I, I don't know. I P two. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like know. so many uh, letters and numbers. Uh, but um, yeah, that that group 
you know, attached themselves to that movement, kind of taken away, right. even 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 that taken away from the original sentiment of Black Lives Matter. You know, they go like, okay, now it's like, oh, Black Trans Lives Matter, and then like, okay, let me separate from that, and then like, oh, uh, you know, I don't know, like, uh, Black Hispanics, you could say, yeah, like whatever. And uh, how do you feel about you know, young? And it is young, and I, I will, I don't. It's hard to say educated because they're just educated in school, and they, they're taught these things to support these kinds of movements. Like, so how do you feel about his like um, apostolics even supporting? Call, call like, it what it is, then. It's called street smart and book smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, Supp- well supporting, I, there's like, two separate questions. Supporting it, supporting it even further than just black lives. And they go like, okay, also um, LGBTQ rights, uh, these, that, and the other, like this, that, and the other. And they go as far as to support um, things that aren't biblical, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And I, I, I see where you're going with that question. Um, first, let me address the whole I, I'm someone who thinks university is a scam. Personally, mm-hmm. I think outside of a, a few specific um, majors Law. and a few, a few, yeah, a very small specific number of of uh, industries um, outside of that, where you're going to get your money back, where you're going to be able to pay off your loans and all that. Outside of that, by and large, I think that uh, far left. Um, radicals have taken over academia, have taken over media as well, have taken over um, culture mm-hmm. um, as a whole, and and are pushing radical ideologies uh, more and more. And I think that in the academia world, it's more indoctrination than it is education. Yeah, and I think that. that starts from childhood. I think it starts from early on. And it, and then and then they get us to the point where now you feel the need to pay for more indoctrination, to pay for people to ingrain their ideologies yeah. into you, and and I think you see it. Time that's and time why again, where you see that's why I did. That's why I didn't want to say book smart versus street smart because it's not even book smart anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's right. more ideologically smart about their yes, own yes. ideals, and it's mainly because I like there's. I always say. They are socially um, not adapt people teaching other people, <laughs> you know, like and it's like you're learning from people that aren't even socially um, not accepted, but like socially like um, smart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, they don't know what the real world is like because they were so stuck in school and they were so stuck in school that they became teachers. And now they're teaching people and they don't even know that it, what the real world is like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a, it's an echo chamber of sorts. It's a it's an enclosed ideology, closed mindedness. Yeah. Um, there's no room for dissent. There you go. There's no room for any kind of alternative opinions, dissenting opinions. Um, there's you know you just see over and over and over. If you don't fall in line, ultimately, if you don't fall in line, now back to your point, uh, Jerry and is, is you're canceled. Mm-hmm. If you don't fall in line and you have any kind of dissenting opinion, you're you're canceled. Um, I put out a meme the other day I, that I shared that I think is is telling and I agreed with. And and it was basically this guy. He he does memes, you know, political memes and stuff like that. And one of the things he says, he has a, one guy on the left, one guy on the right. And the person on the left is asking, he says, what's the currency of the future? And and the guy on the right answers, 
the currency of the future is compliance. Mm. And um, when you don't comply, non-compliance is viewed as theft. If, if the, if, Compliance is currency. Those who do not comply are seen as thieves, right? Just like if real money, if you take money, you're a thief, mm-hmm. right? So if you do not comply, compliance is a current, a, a social currency yeah, yeah, nowadays. Yeah. If you do not fall in line with the dominant uh, ideology, with the dominant view, worldview, and and support everything in lockstep, mm-hmm. right? Then you are out of compliance and the social currency is then removed from you. You're all, you, you, you go bankrupt socially. And that's what cancel culture is all about. It's about bankrupting people socially so that now they're canceled. Now they can't make a livelihood. Now, you know, they're, they're banned off of these social media platforms and their voices ultimately stripped away from them. And, and you know, that is radical ideology. That is a radical approach to uh, disagreeing with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you guys, um, um, have, have uh, Danny and, and Oswe lost any followers ever since uh, the Tariq episode? Because I know I did. I did it. I no, honestly, uh, about that, I mean, I do have some friends who listen to it, and obviously they're not converted and stuff like that. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, like, they know who I am. Uh, they know I'm the type of person who... You know, it's scripture. You know, I can't, I can't go by what the word, by what the world is doing. And you know, they know it since, you know, high school. They're they're over here gonna go to a party. They knew I wasn't gonna go because there was gonna be like alcohol, you know, drugs and all that stuff. And I was telling them it's the same thing. You know, I can't say I'm gonna hate this person or I'm gonna hate that person. You know, because yeah, he might have said something, but I think that at the end of the day, the, under the same thing with I messed up, but God never hated me. You know, yeah. so why am I going to do the same? You know, so uh, it's it's something that I've always like. I remember as a little kid, I was telling my friend, I learned this in Bible Bible uh, Sunday school. Uh, well, whatever causes you to to hate something. To, to actually hate something, whether it be a person, an object, or whatever, if that causes you to hate something, you need to, you know, cut ties with it, you know, cut it off or, you know, don't associate with that, you know, because God isn't hate, you know, he doesn't hate her. He doesn't hate us. He doesn't hate us if we mess up, you know, sort of, I ask myself, so why should I hate someone else, you know? And at the end of the day, it's like with this whole cancer culture thing, uh, I do agree that there's some people, uh, you know, there's there's even like memes right now with like the whole caring people, like caring women and, and stuff like that. Like I, I look at those videos, I'm like, man, like of course, like there's sh- there's some uh, people within that video that are completely showing that they're racist and that they're out of line, that they're saying some very disrespectful things, and I'm okay with that. You know, I I agree with that. Maybe you could say not nah, okay, but I agree with that. You know that the fact that they're being racist and stuff like that. But when it comes to you could say you know so and so company has, was funding to Trump or so and so company was found out that they uh, how people say like for Chick Fil A. You know a lot of people are trying to cancel Chick Fil A because you know the media puts it on quote unquote they're trying to they're they're funding for anti gay camps if you could say. You know, and I just think at the end of the day, that's all in the agenda, like you were saying, Frank. Yeah, I, I think uh, the word that comes to mind that you were asking about earlier about, you know, uh, Danny, you were asking about groups attaching themselves to the BLM movement and so on and so forth. It's intersectionality, mm-hmm. 
right? And, and, and that's basically um, what what the current political world is all about. You know, intersectionality is defined as a social categorization such as, or well, um, interconnected social categorizations that feel that they are disenfranchised, like you mentioned, or oppressed based on race, class, gender, or however they apply as groups, right? So it's really the idea of stripping individualism away and viewing people as groups. Mm -hmm. So the four of us here are not Frank, Danny, Josue, and and Jerry. The four of us here are four Latino guys, Mm -hmm. or you know what I mean? Or or however you can define us based on our um, mutable characteristics. Right. Tribe. Yes. And, and then tribalism. Right. And that's where it goes to yeah. is tribalism. The problem, and we see this, is they're starting to eat their own because you can never comply 100 percent. Yeah, that, that's why you can never satisfy. Yeah, that's why I was saying it's, that. It's, it's, an, it's an insatiable uh, desire. Right. And so they start to eat their own. You see one of their main leaders, or one of the main faces, I should say, not mean not leaders, but the faces of of this cancel culture and and someone placating to to the intersectionality ways and the groups is jimmy kimmel Mm -hmm. right he's been he jumped on all the the gun you know anti-gun rights he jumped on uh the healthcare for all he jumped on all that ideology every time he he does several years and now they're coming for him and that's just one example it's just one example is it happens over and over and over because at the end of the day, there's so much clash. Yeah. Or even, right? even in those movements that try to attach themselves to the BLM movement, like the BLM is like, wait, hold up. You're taking away from what we're doing, you know, just to yeah. further what you're doing, even though at the same, like, it's still the same purpose, I guess, same idea, but uh, it's just like, oh no, but you're not helping our group. Now you're just trying to take advantage of the uh, attention we got to help your group yeah it, it's, you know and it's then, all about like there's a spotlight here so let me nudge over let me get some of the yeah and then and then the ones that they're taking the spotlight from they get upset yeah, at there's that there's only so much spotlight like hold up no man no let's, let's take it right back to this like it's <laughs> like it's, it's the same thing with uh all lives matter you know uh somebody somebody gave this example once um they said it's uh saying all lives matter is like you go up into to a stage uh, talking about how, you know, amazing your kid is and somebody walks up there, they take your mic and they're like, all kids are amazing. You know, so that so <laughs> all kids it, it, are amazing. <laughs> well, OK, but but, so, but Jerry, but Jerry, now let's say the person on stage is, is trying to spotlight their kid and say, my kid is in, in, in encountering these level of difficulties. My kid is encountering this type of situations. And let's just say that in that auditorium, several other parents are have kids who are experiencing difficulties and issues that need addressing. Okay. I think that's a better way to correct the analogy because yes, there is issues in the black community, right? Absolutely. Without a doubt that need addressing and mind you, I would go as far as to say police brutality is a issue, but it's not the issue. It's absolutely not. Although that's what's pushed to us, right? Um, It's certainly a issue that's undeniable, okay? But police brutality, and I back the blue, okay? Don't get me wrong. And I think majority police officers are good-hearted and good natures. But there still is corruption. There still is issues. Um, and, and, And so what I'm trying to get at is saying, 
the police brutality issue isn't specific to the black community. It goes to all the other communities. Mm-hmm. And right. And then if you zoom out a little more and, and just go beyond the police brutality, if you go into um, the, the, the different disenfranchisement that happens with that community, it's happening in other communities as well. And so um, that analogy that you use, Jerry, I've heard it said this way. Imagine the, there's a house on fire on a block. And the firemen show up and the person says, oh, that's my house. Right. And somebody says, well, now imagine if all the neighbors came out and says, well, what about my house? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they tried to say, well, that is the black community. The black community is on fire. That's the analogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what if those other houses are also experiencing fire, too? Mm-hmm. And I think that in, in its in its in the spirit, in the innocence of the spirit of saying all lives matter, that is what. Now, of course, people can hijack that and far right wing groups can hijack that yeah. and, and, and make it racial, yeah. let's say. But I think the spirit behind it is saying, yes, the black community is suffering, but so is the white community in different regards. So is the Latino community. So is, you know, so many different, if you want to call it intersectional groups. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So how then do you say focus on this community only? Yeah. Um, that, that's the I guess their idea is that to use your analogy of the fire of the houses on fire and the other houses being on fire too, is they're seeing, and it's more publicized. And I always yeah. say that, you know, I always say, you know, the Hispanic community, we go through just as much as just not publicized and we don't know our history. And it, and it kind of, and I always say that it bothers me when like I see a Hispanic person saying, I don't understand you, but I stand for you. I'm like, hold up. If you don't understand their struggle, it's because you don't know your history. You know what I'm saying? It's because you don't know where you came from. And that's not our fault. That's because you're uneducated, which is which you're supposed to be the educated, are uneducated <laughs> on the on the fact of who they are. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, although yeah. you know, but my point behind that is um scratch that, but the fact that they see their house burning, and you're you're saying, like, oh yeah, but there's other houses burning as well. Um, but there is one that is bigger flamed, you know, it's like, it's more inflamed. It's more, it's more publicized and it's bigger, but, 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 but like you can say like, oh, but it's the same thing in in this house, but this house is bigger. So that fire doesn't look as big. You get me? (laughs) Um, I would say that like, if you have a mansion, you have a mansion and I have a hut and my hut is on fire. And then that same amount of fire is in your mansion. It's not the same. <laughs> I feel that uh, because of population size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean that that's a fair point, no doubt about it. I can concede that point, no doubt. Um, I just feel like to to say that. I guess it just came down to the argument that we were discussing between Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and mm-hmm. the idea that if you say All Lives Matter, that makes you a racist or that makes you someone who doesn't care about Black people. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily no, no, no. the case. Although that can be the case. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you're saying, like the ones that are super far right. Yeah, that that yeah. that's when it can be the case for sure. But um, but I understand why they why they say that and why um, I guess they feel some type of way when people do say, "Oh, but all lives matter." You know what I'm saying? Because like even when I think of like, like okay, I think did Jesus ever categorize people by groups? You know, and I think, uh, did Jesus ever do that? And he kind of does that in the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are 
the poor in spirit. You know, <laughs> blessed are the people that mourn. Blessed are these types of people and these types of people and these types of people. And it would be strange to be like, well, you know, we're all blessed. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. But he's targeting these particular kinds of people, you know. But, but um, and I, I like the conversation. That's a good point. I would just say to that, Jesus was speaking of characteristics and he was speaking of um, not so much of uh, immutable characteristics. He was speaking of behavior mm-hmm. more than, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you said, the peacemakers, the poor in spirit, those who hunger and thirst mm-hmm. after righteousness, the, you know, those are behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back into personal accountability and individualism to take it back away from the collective groups. And I think that is more of an answer than what is proposed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Defund the police and, you know, yeah. do and disband. The yeah, that's police that's weird. I think that police need more training. That's the actual answer. And <laughs> they need more training and yeah. they need more. I, I I mean, I would be like more police accountability. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? yeah. Way more accountability on, on the spending, um, more training. Absolutely. And more, uh, more accountability as it pertains to behavior in that yeah, yeah. community. Yeah, because you know I mean? uh, there shouldn't be these blanket protections um, that exist now. Yeah, because it, I think um, I forgot what, but it was like the the numbers of you know unarmed black men being murdered did go down as soon as everybody started paying attention to the police more. You know, they they were they're still getting murdered, but it did go down because they are more accountable now. You know, like you said, their accountability has grown. Therefore, they're gonna make they're gonna realize like. Oh no! I should should be more careful in this area. Be more cautious in this time. You know that's where account that's what accountability does. You know it makes you more cautious, more you know careful of what you do. True, true. I but I do think with the political climate in the world and the way it is, I've I've read some studies that indicate that um, police officers nowadays are more reluctant to open fire on somebody on a perpetrator or on somebody that they're encountering if they are black. Because of the fear of being labeled racism, because of the the blowback that they would experience, um, and I can you know, definitely point you to some of those articles I've read. But, but, um, but wouldn't uh, that be because overall more accountable to doing that? Um, I mean, yes and no. If if they don't feel that same fear towards someone who isn't black, mm-hmm. then it's not so much an accountability thing. It's more of a let me let me avoid blowback thing. Oh, uh, I see. I see what you're saying. Because I think true accountability would apply across the board, not just. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Well, I would I would have to see the numbers for every other like race as well, because I feel like it probably would. It went down as well. It wasn't just for like uh, the black community, but I'm pretty sure it went down as well, mainly because all the attention was brought up to them talking about the black yeah, community. Overall, I mean, I feel like know, people can down. propose solutions. Yeah. Yeah. People can propose a lot of different solutions. You know what I mean? And. And, and that's part of the healthy debate that should exist. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be one sided and say, this is what we demand and that's it. And if you don't agree, you get canceled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It should be, you know, bring the debates to the table. Yeah. 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 Um, I always like and dialogue. we're speaking. Yeah. Dialogue. Yeah. Is, yeah. We're speaking like dialectic. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, dialectics it, it's, is a, it's how you get. Yeah. By. Dialectics is like a com- it's like not a debate, but dialectics is just a conversation to seek for truth. Seek what is true. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm always, right. I'm always for that. Yeah. And in doing so, the process of that is the process of elimination and figuring out. Okay, Which, this yeah. idea is bad because we've all been able to 
to analyze it mm-hmm. and determine it not to be a good idea. And then at the end of the day, in the marketplace of ideas, the best ideas rise to the top, right? They win mm-hmm. out. And so those bad ideas don't ever get implemented. Mm-hmm. But it is such now that there's such a domination and indoctrination of one ideology that it's really difficult to even have that discussion anymore, right? Because of cancel culture. Um, but overall, I, I just think that um, as you step back a little bit, you know, and we're talking about young, we're talking about believers, we're talking about, you know, blood-bought, apostolic believers, Christian believers, and our involvement in our role. And I think overall, personally, we got to really step back and, and take take away some of our emotion, take away some of our, you know, emotional response to what's happening and in, in, in the day-to-day and what we're seeing on the news and display to us and really understand our and prioritize our purpose and prioritize our time, our energy, and, and what we dedicate that to. First and foremost, we are called to advance the kingdom of God, right? We are called to, to play the role that we play in as believers but belief isn't enough, mm-hmm. right? You need faith isn't enough. Just saying you have faith is one thing, but you have to act it out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so first and foremost, how do we advance the kingdom? And it all starts at home. Yes. You know, yeah. when we look at Acts chapter one, verse eight, and the scripture talks about how the Holy Ghost um, would fall and give power. We shall receive power. Right. And it says you will see power and in, in and be witnesses. You will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. Jerusalem is the home. In that order. Jerusalem's home. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So so impacting our own world. And I think so much so many of us get sold this idea of changing the world and 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 and, and making our mark on, on history and you know all that kind of stuff. And we're not even impacting our own world. Mm-hmm. We're not even impacting our those around us in the primary responsibilities that we have yeah i think there's another verse that says that uh if a man does not take care of his or provide for his own home he's worse than an infidel worse than an unbeliever. worse than an infidel yeah. right and and if you really want to get to it i mean we're harping up a lot because you you guys brought that up and, and that's part of where the conversation is going but fatherless homes man the rate of fatherless homes not just the black community i know that's a right-wing talking point of sorts but hispanic community as well um, and some of that is due to maybe systematic issues over the over the generations. No oh, yeah, doubt about it. You know. Yeah, because if you. Yeah. But 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 the fact remains that is an issue. Yeah, yeah. A huge issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you look at like homes in like the nineteen like fifties that had you know the fathers there, they were they came out more educated. They came out more successful. Yeah, I mean the statistics bear it out. Less likely to commit crime. Less likely to have issues, emotional impulse issues, anger. Uh, violent crime we talked about uh, more likely to succeed in education to succeed in, in in the careers and be you know upstanding members of the communities and all that kind of stuff but um more than anything i'm, I'm trying to point towards personal accountability mm-hmm. and being an individual who is responsible for what you are supposed to be responsible for first and foremost and if people did that in society as individuals overall you'd have a much more peaceful society you have a much more um successful society i think but because of the intersectionality and because of groupthink and because of echo chambers and 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 all the like of tribalism like you mentioned earlier danny it becomes 
you know, what does the group say? What does someone else say? Not so much what do I say or what do what do they want to do as opposed to what do I need to do first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's why um, I am. I am like so like I really don't care about politics at all. Like at first I was like, man, I need to get involved in politics or politics will get involved <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or they'll get involved with me. You know, like I would always, always say that, like, you know, I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, uh, Romans 13, you know, I'll, you know, obey my civil authorities, my, my governmental authorities, all that stuff. And I do, obviously, like I obey the law of the land. I'm never going to go against the law of the land. If the law says, you know, thou shalt not kill. I'm not going to kill. <laughs> but I mainly follow like biblical stats, like the Bible and itself. And that's why and with saying that, it's like I'm always going to follow the Bible over any government or any anything. I'm, I'm going to follow the Bible. So um, I asked you a question and um, I just wanted to know your response. I asked you a question a while back and maybe I missed it on your podcast and I didn't hear it. But I asked you a question and you brought up Marxism uh, earlier. And uh, and the point of Marxism is that there will be an inevitable revolution of a socialist, a socialist revolution, rather, uh, yes. you know, changing from capitalist society to a socialist society. So I think I asked you a question. Um, when was it? Like a, couple, a couple of months ago. And um, I asked you, is socialism biblical? Because in the book right. of Acts... Everybody sold everything and they shared it amongst themselves and they, they, they separated amongst um, like the poor. So would there be a case for socialist value? And I'm, I'm not saying socialist because I want to get paid, you know, <laughs> but I'm saying like, I want to get paid. Check, huh? I want to get paid. I want to give my tithes. <laughs> you didn't get a Trump check? <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> uh, the stimulus package or whatever. But <laughs> Uh, is there an argument to say socialism is actually biblical? Um, so I would say in one word, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so my reasoning for that is a, a few things. First and foremost, socialism. Okay. You mentioned the Acts passage, how they all had all things common and they sold all their goods and basically distributed to each other mm-hmm. and everybody had all things equal. Mm-hmm. The scripture says that. Mm-hmm. In Acts two, um, but the key component there it was a small is that that was it, well not only small in size yeah that that is a factor of course but it was voluntary mm. yeah, okay? yeah it was because they were pressed in their heart to do and it, it was it was charity more than it was socialism mm-hmm. okay um, and so socialism requires the taking from some to give to the others, mm-hmm. the, the, the forceful taking the involuntary giving would, um, right? would Ananias be, uh, like uh, an example of him not giving everything when Ananias didn't give, didn't, he sold a piece of his land and didn't yeah, give Ananias everything. Yeah. Sapphire Acts chapter five. Yes. Well, the, the thing is Ananias lied to the Holy Ghost. Okay. That, that was specifically what was called out as to why, he, he yeah, gave yeah, up. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his wife did too. <laughs> and and then she, yeah, she lied she again. Followed, yeah, right. you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> she lied. But and another thing about socialism is it's based on a materialistic world. If we're talking about trying to reconcile socialism as a economic uh, ideology and philosophy, mm-hmm. right? 
and and how does that reconcile with a Christian worldview and a biblical worldview? Number one, socialism. Well, I mentioned the you know the forceful taking mm-hmm. um, and the lack of of voluntary giving, but it, it's based on a materialistic worldview. Okay, because uh, right now the the head of that movement, I, in some ways, has been Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Right, he was the the candidate for that. He was yeah. the He's driven that, especially amongst the younger generation mm-hmm. of like, yes, you know, they're that that's their champion for the cause. Something his website said that I actually looked up and, and this is on my episode that you asked, but he said this. He said the issue of wealth and income equality is the great moral issue of our time. It's the great economic issue of our time and it's the great political issue of our time. OK, close quote. That betrays the fun. Uh, uh, it, it's a fundamentally materialistic worldview. OK. Because it's all about what you have, what you what you can possess and what you can gain. Right. And ultimately, it's a Karl Marx ideology, okay? because he's basically the father of that of that whole ideology. And and it's it's materialism. Karl Marx is a materialist. okay? and so his thing, it says uh, his whole uh, idea was to eliminate the need for a creator, a God. Mm -hmm. Right. Who, who grants rights, who who provides, who who gives, right? Eliminate the need for a creator and erase the existence of anything that's non-material. So it's all about materialism. Mm-hmm. And so that's why there's such a, such a uh, passionate um, call for what they call equality, right? But the tallest tree in the forest gets knocked down, right? In order to have equal trees, you can't just make other trees taller. So you have to cut down the taller mm-hmm. trees. And that in itself is immoral. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is it's theft. And it's also immoral to take from somebody forcefully in any way you look at mm-hmm. it. Right. And then you have to get into the, the ends justify the means is, you know what I mean? That's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And, and I would say this, if I could close on, on, on that on that point about socialism is I think socialism punishes virtue. It punishes hard work. It punishes the idea of earning, of of working for, because you can work for and earn. And if you out earn somebody else, then you are taken away from in order to make things, quote unquote, equal, whereas it rewards and incentivizes um, the lack of virtue and the lack of work ethic and the lack of going out and, you know, earning yourself. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Second uh, Thessalonians three ten says. So, 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 pretty much, you're saying that um, socialism is somewhat like communism. Well, it, it is. is the end of socialism <laughs> is. is communism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their That's father, ends up the father of that ideology is Karl Marx, right? Yeah, yeah. Frederick Engel, Communist Manifesto. Yeah. Um, right. Again, I'm not a socialist. I just I just wanted to throw that in like throw that out there for like people that do feel like like not that they're Bernie supporters because you know I feel like as like a how, how do I say it? like as um on paper it sounds good I always say communism on paper sounds sounds all right. Oh yeah, in theory, in theory it <laughs> yeah. sounds great, but in sounds practice it's, yeah, it's, it's devastating. Yeah, it's terrible. And you know, history tells us that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think one way you can you can kind of summarize it a little bit is is um, 
you know, with the, with the idea of class warfare and whatnot, and that's what it gets down to. That's what it, that's the means to get to that is, is class warfare is, is assigning classes to people. Right. And I guess you ask yourself this question because the other side of that is the, I guess the counter argument, at least the popular one is, well, crony capitalism, because that does exist. There's a lot of crony capitalism as a, a, the Bible doesn't really lay out socialism or capitalism as a, an ideal economic philosophy. Those are things that have come through, you know, through our generations in this country. Um, but so, so you ask yourself, one of the biggest arguments against capitalism and for socialism is corporate greed, right? Yeah. The wealthy billionaires, the 1%. And mind you, the 1% doesn't mean billionaires. I think the 1% is classified as like earning $450,000 a year or above. And that number fluctuates. Sometimes it's lower, sometimes it's yeah, higher. Yeah. So people think 1% yeah, and they think Jeff Bezos, right? Yeah. But it, it, it can be anyone. If, if you become a doctor and your mm-hmm. wife... Um, one day, you know, in the future, Lord willing, becomes something and you guys together earn $450,000 a year. Now you're in the 1%. So should you, are you, are you greed? Are you part of that evil, greedy, you know, monopoly of billionaires? Probably not. Right. But it, so you ask yourself, Mm -hmm. is greed bad? Yes. In the scripture, it's one of the things God hates. Right. But it's, it's it's stealing bad. Of is theft bad? Yes, that's actually one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Yeah. So to try to argue any one of the two dominant economic philosophies uh, being biblical or sponsored by the scripture, I, I think you're an error if you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think something uh, yeah. that I want to say, and I want to get your, your thoughts on it. Uh, you could say to close off this whole topic about politics quote unquote. And I like the fact that you said, um, going back to when you said um, a lot of young people or a lot of, you could say either young people or Christian uh, apostolics, they want to leave a mark in history. And you kind of said how you're not for that, you know, and something that I could say that I have learned. Well, well, if I can correct you this way, I'm not, it's not that I'm not for that. Okay. Okay. I'm not for that in when it's out of order. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you need to first leave a mark in your own yeah. circle, in your own world, in your personal responsibilities, first and foremost. That's what I meant. And, and that's where I was going to. I wanted to get your thoughts on it because as a, a young apostolic Christian, uh, you know, with everything going on and, and, you know, all this stuff, you know, it could be, you could say, um, it could make sense why our emotion is like first to come out because everything's going on and, you know, we feel for them and, and stuff like that. But this this happened to me a couple years ago when when I would ask myself, you know, I, I want there to be peace. I, I want them. I want there to to for for racism to be diminished for for to be as minimal as it could get, you know. But then I think about what like the coming of the Lord, you know, and I think about Scripture, what what the New Testament talks about, and I'm seeing this in the perspective of of the world as a whole, not not just me. But I'm saying the coming of the Lord isn't going to be peaceful it's it's not if you read scripture it tells about the the, return the return of the the lord sorry the return of the lord isn't going to be uh peaceful you know where we read about the signs and and the stuff that's going to happen you know and i feel like apostolic christians we truly need to understand that 
you know, because some of us, and I'm saying this, I'm saying some of us because I was at that point, you know, at one time where I wanted there to be peace. I want them, I wanted there to be, you know, true equality, if you could say. And, but at the end of the day, you know, every, not just this year, but last year, you know, uh, the, this whole, that there was going to be World War Three and all these wars with other countries and stuff like that. Oh, this year, actually. In January the beginning of the feels year. like such a yeah, long time this year. <laughs> I know. It, it sounds like, it but year. at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the coming of the Lord isn't going to, oh, the return of the Lord, sorry, isn't going to be peaceful. You know, we, we have to brace ourselves for that. And like how you said, we have to, you know, evangelize. You know, our main purpose should be try to get as many people, you know, to be saved. And not that we're saving them, but it's Jesus Christ who's going to be saving them. And, you know, I want to get your thoughts on that at the end of the day to, to close this topic off is, you know, um, what should young apostolic Christians be doing? Like, what your advice? Well, I would say this. Um, uh, we all want to be liked. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody wants to be well liked, you know, appreciated. And and, you know, I, I think there's a reason why, you know, social media, it's called like, you know, someone likes your post. How many likes you get on a tweet or on a post picture or whatever. Um, and, and everyone wants that. Every, that that That's nice. It's peaceable. It, it's pleasant. You know, to be disliked is the opposite. Yeah. Of that, right. Jesus said this. I mean, I, we know this. He says, if the world hates you. Just understand that the world hated me before it hated you. Yeah. And he went on to say, you will be hated for my name's sake. And and in James chapter four, yes. I think that is um, that is uh, comes to fruition when it says to be f- friends with the world. Friendship with the world is enmity against God. Now, what that doesn't mean that if you have a friend who's up in the world, that you have somebody who isn't, you know, a, a fellow believer, then you're an enemy of God. No, but friendship with the systems of the world, right? Be not conformed to the world, mm-hmm. but be transformed Transform. by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Okay. That's the, I think that's the fundamental issue amongst our young people today is, is wanting to befriend the world. And, and what I mean is not individuals, but the, the, the systems of the age, mm-hmm. you know, the current ideas, the ideologies, the ways of the world and wanting to fall in line and fit in when we're actually called as the church, right? The, the, the Greek word there is the called out ones, those who are called out. My son just said that today. Matter of fact, he was, uh, was it maybe today or yesterday. He says, you know, I don't want to fit in, Dad. I want to stand out. Yeah. And 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 I think that is really foundational. Is young people should be understanding that we are meant to stand out. We are meant to be a light that shines so much that people see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And instead, we want to kind of just fit in, mm-hmm. right? There, there is that desire because it's easier, because it's easier to not deal with <laughs> being hated, being disliked. Now, that doesn't mean you be a contrarian, you know? We all know those contrarians that you know, <laughs> they just want to go against everything yeah. that everyone else is. They just wait, just wait. Okay, what's the problem? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, we all know a few, yep. right? And we probably know some of the same ones. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, whatever the popular opinion is, they'll just take the opposite because they just want to be contrary to everything yeah. and no 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 that's not you don't seek out hate you know what i mean don't seek out to be disliked or don't seek out controversy but don't run from it either in the, in the sense of by pursuing god first 
by pursuing mm-hmm. the Lord, by living according to his statutes and not some ideology, by doing that, a end result of that is unfortunately, like you mentioned, Josue, to your point, there's going to be a lack of peace because of that. There's yeah. going to be hatred. There's going to be people that come against us because we're doing that. But Jesus says, be of good cheer. Yeah. I have overcome the world, mm-hmm. right? And and so that, I think, it, to answer the question with respect to young people, what should they be doing? First and foremost is seek the kingdom of God. First and foremost is seek, how do I fit in? What are my skill sets? Yes. What has God granted me? How can I build that and sharpen it and 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 move forward and use my talents and use my energy and use my time to toward advancing the kingdom of God, towards living for the Lord, towards shining in a way that people see you know, what I do for God on a daily basis. And you can do that by just being yourself. You can do that by taking your interests, so long as they're not contrary to the word of God, but mm-hmm. taking your interests and whatever they may be, connecting with others of similar interests and and going forward and 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 evangelizing that way. You know, my church, if I if I can explain a little bit, one of the things we're doing with our small groups, um, obviously the whole shutdown has has put a little bit of a delay in that, but um we, we intend to continue is we do something called uh, interest-based cell groups or small groups. And what that means is it's not just your typical small group where you show up to a house, you, you know, pray, you read a verse, you do a lesson and then you depart. Although that we have that as well. But in addition to all of that, we do interest-based small groups where when people come in, they can plug into a Monday night basketball small group where we go out and play basketball. That's a common interest of some people. We pray, you know, we live a good testimony on the court. You know what I mean? We're not like, you know, a rowdy basketball player. <laughs> That's why I don't play basketball <laughs> at camp. That's why I don't play basketball uh, at camp. Yeah, counterproductive for you, be Danny. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. why I avoid it. I'm just, I'm you know like, what I mean? not But if somebody likes man. fishing, if you got single mothers that show up and now there's that interest, if you got uh, oh, yeah. arts and crafts, uh, so many different things. And by you just being a, an apostolic, by you just being someone who believes in the Lord and is filled with the Holy Ghost, living that life, connecting with other people with similar interests is a way to, is a way to expand. Um, basically, yeah. it comes down to discipleship. We've always learned and, and, and been taught that discipleship mm-hmm. is all about teaching, right? You take someone and you teach them how to do, how to be, mm-hmm. right? But the whole idea of discipleship is is the root word of disciple is discipline, right? Or that's where discipline comes from. So a disciplined follower is what a disciple is. And discipleship through is most effective through relationship mm-hmm. more than just teaching. I say this a lot mm-hmm. about parenthood, yeah. and I think it applies to discipleship as well. And and because we're called to make disciples, right? You know, we, we we get caught up with the idea of winning souls, you know, but it's actually that's mm-hmm. not scriptural. Scripture says, "Go and make disciples." So it's not just getting someone to the place or getting them to mm-hmm. the water of baptism. It's it's making them a disciple, right? That's the actual calling. And how do you make a disciplined follower mm-hmm. through relationship? More is caught than taught. Yep. Right. You're going to learn a lot more from being mm-hmm. around somebody yeah, yeah. than and, and, and watching them and learning from them that way than what they tell you. You know, your pastors, all of our pastors here, we're not going to remember yeah. every single sermon they ever preach, mm-hmm. every single Bible study they ever give. You know what we will remember, though, mm-hmm. the way they live their life, the, the connection we have with them. Right. And that's yeah. discipleship. And so I, I think that. 
Um, you know, I know that was a long tangent there, but overall, I think it's a matter of connecting and 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 growing together. You know, and then another thing I must say is, you know, my friend Jonathan Hernandez says this a lot, and and I've adopted it too. Is um, when it comes to the idea of discipleship, when it comes to the idea of connecting and winning souls, as we talked about and advancing the kingdom, you have to connect before you correct. Yeah. Right. That's true. We, we, for a long time, it's been the opposite approach. Correct them, correct them first. They can't connect with us unless they correct themselves. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, put a velo on that sister, like on that visitor, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we have to connect first. There's got it. Cause if there's a connection, you know, you're always going to become the average of the people that you're around mm-hmm. the most. You know, you guys are going to average each other off, rub off on each other, iron sharpens iron, that kind of concept, right? So you have, we, we've got to be in the connecting business, in the relationship business. And in doing that, living for the Lord and connecting and having these relationships as young people, that's going to go way farther than an ideology, way farther than some march, you know, some single march way. That's going to be way more impactful. If we just do that. Yeah. It's um I talk about it on, on the last episode. <clears throat> I don't know if you heard it. Um talk about how I had a, a yeah, professor. With, with yeah, yeah. I had a professor in, in, in Bible college. Um I don't know if, if Danny uh he, he took this class too. But um I talked about it last podcast. He talks about how go out and preach the word and if you need speak. So so pretty much your actions speak louder than your words. So you gotta yeah, yeah. put into action the the spreading of the gospel in order for you to have ears to listen to your spreading of the gospel. So you gotta open the door, and how do you open the door? By you know, it, by it for for somebody to let you in, you gotta let them in first. You know, you gotta make them feel comfortable. And yeah, that's that's a great way to do it. You know, uh, um, what you say you call your group some um, interest. Or interest-based small groups. interest-based small groups. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, because then you know you're not only like you said exhorting, but you're uh, you're spreading the love of God and that's, and yeah. and through communion and and through fellowship. You know, and that's that's very important. That's a very important you know part of evangelism that a lot a lot of people take mm-hmm. for granted. The mm-hmm. the whole making personal connections with with who you're discipling. Yeah, man, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then at the yeah. end of the day, you know, Jesus said you should know them by their fruit, <laughs> right? Not by right. what they're yelling out the top of their lungs. <laughs> you know, you should know them by their fruit. You know, like if they're in, if they are full of love, full of joy, faithfulness, kindness, patience, peace. Right. You know, all the fruit, of, fruit of the spirit yeah. holds. You know, you should know them by that, and you don't get to know that of a person. No, that is true. So. Yeah, and I think something to add. Oh, go ahead, friend. I like that. No, I was just gonna say on that on that note, um, in Psalms one one, when he says, "Blessed is the man who does not walk yeah. in the counsel of the ungodly." Oh, and there's a lot of young people today that are walking in the counsel of the ungodly. They're giving mm-hmm. themselves to the counseling. Yeah, go, you know, at the feet, and, and dare I say, even to some extent, discipleship of the ungodly, right? And and it says, you know, nor stands in the way. Yeah, yeah, you know what you're saying. So, yeah, yeah, and if you put it in that, yeah, like instead, if you put it in yes, a different way, exactly. it's telling you to to walk in the counsel of the and God. So much of us, I mean, you know? I see, I see this. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. So you, you guys are a little bit younger. Yeah, you know, not too much. But, <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I, I certainly have seen this. Oh, I mean, I've been working like, let's say, youth camps with the youth at a district level for many, many, many years. And, and one thing I've seen more and more of is a lack of heeding to the counsel of pastors. Um, granted, you know, maybe some pastors date themselves a little bit, you know, and so a lot of this generation that's tech savvy and street smart, to, to borrow your term earlier, um, Josue, I think you said. And, and, and so, so there's a lot of lacking there. There's a lot of young people who will give themselves to a professor at university, who will give themselves to some ungodly counsel somewhere else but then reject their pastor because maybe he's a little dated perhaps, or maybe because, you know, they, they just feel like they know better. They're a little bit more savvy into what's going on today or whatever. And that's a grave mistake. That's a grave mistake. You know, something that I'd add, uh, obviously kind of to wrap things yeah. up. Uh, I, agree. I know we were talking a lot about, uh, the perspective of like apostolic Christian, but if there's any of the audience right now who to clear this up, uh, who was listening to this and obviously a lot of things that were said, you are probably not going to agree with them, but that doesn't mean we hate you. That doesn't mean we dislike you, you know, in the contrary, we, we love you. Uh, I relate so many times to like my friends from high school. I was, you know, God was able to, to reach out to one of them, you know, and I still believe many, of those friends are going to get converted. Uh, but I just remember the fact that they knew I didn't agree with a lot of stuff, you know, and something that I prayed for so many times when I was trying to convert my friend Jesus, who was, who obviously was part of the high school friend friendship group, you could say, well, I was just praying that whatever, that they know what I believe in, but they don't dislike me for that. You know, uh, yeah. that they don't dislike me because I don't support these rights or I don't support these type of movements. And at the end of the day, right now, you know, I can still talk to them or it's been so detailed where they could come to me because they know, you know, I believe in God or if something's going on. They know they reach out to me. Hey, can you pray for me? Or, hey, can yeah, you, absolutely. you know, you know, give me some word of advice on this. It is not to say that I'm the perfect one in the group. No, absolutely not. You know, but it, it just goes to show how if you're willing to evangelize, you're willing to be different. You know, if you're willing to, number one thing, trust in the Lord, you know, there's going to be a lot of benefits. And I'm sure Danny, Jerry, uh, you, Frank, as well can relate to that. The fact that, you know, when you're able to become an outsider, you know, the people around you are going to notice that and, and they're going to be drawn to you. For whatever reason, if they need help, if they need advice, if they need encouragement, you know, they're going to be drawn to you because of the fact you made that choice that, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow God. And I know that's not what the world is going to follow, you know, but I'm I'm, I'm going to do it anyways. Well, you earn a certain amount of credibility, mm -hmm. you know, what I mean, when, when you follow and you you remain consistent. Yeah. And that consistency builds credibility. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's what happens. I, I similar experience, friends, family. I've had a, re, a friend recently reach out to me that I grew up childhood friend and I hadn't spoken to him in 15 years, at least probably more, but we grew up together and man, we were super close as, you know, younger youngsters. And, and he called me mm -hmm. of all people, man. And he says, man, I just need to talk. I recently reconnected with them only like a month or so ago. And he's like, bro, I got this stuff going on in my life. I don't know what to do. I'm not really a believer in God. I don't really know, but I see you are, you know yeah. what I mean? Like maybe, maybe there's truth to it. Like, dude, what do I do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
And, and, and the credibility, though, of remaining in the path. Yes, you fall, you get back up, you continue going, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that is what speaks to, to people. Yeah, you have to walk in love. You have to be compassionate, you know what I'm saying? And you have to be willing to listen. I, I think if I, can, if I can say one last point on that is um, we should, when it comes to debate, when it comes to conversation and dialogue and you know, different perspectives and, and all of that kind of stuff, I think a good rule to follow is this. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, if you're like me That's with good, a yeah. natural debate style personality who wants to, you know, conquer and wants to prove someone wrong and wants to win the idea, discussion or whatever. Um, that's been revolutionary for my relationships, for people that don't believe like me is, okay, let me hear you out. Let me understand you before trying to prove a point, before trying to disprove your point. Let me hear where you're coming from. You know what I'm saying? And when we do that, you can, at minimum, you can establish a connection. You can establish a relationship. And whether you come away from that relationship or not disagreeing or agreeing, you still have the relationship. And you can always come back to that. Yeah. 100% agree with that. And I 100% agree with the same thing before we try to correct, you know, let's try to connect first. And I feel like that's one of the main reasons why I, to this day, I'm still able to connect with all these, you know, high school friends that I have. Uh, it's because of the fact, how you said, before I was getting ready to debate or to argue or whatever you want to call it, I was I wanted to understand them first because at one point I was like that, you know, at one point I was struggling as well. So you know, when they were able to tell me, hey, you know, I believe in this because this happened to me or I think this because when I was a child, this happened to me and stuff like that. And I think at the end of the day, man, it's for the people, like I said, for the people listening, you know, that aren't believers, just know that we love you guys. We know that 100%. we want to connect with you guys. Like I said, well, we're going to shout out right now. Uh, Frank's Church, uh, Inspired Church in Carson. If you are in the Carson area, you know, I know there I, and I see on their social media, they're doing some amazing stuff. If, if you guys want to get experience Jesus and you guys are in the Carson area, I recommend you guys going there. I don't know if you want to link your your address. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah. 21818 Dolores Street in Carson, California, for sure. Anyone in the Harbor area. And I appreciate you doing that. Um, Inspired Church, Pastor Heck Hernandez. Uh, we're, we're freshly there, but we're loving it. And we love the direction and the vision of the church and um, even some of the results already. So we're, we're, we're excited about that and um, what's going on there. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's a good way to close off. Also, before I forget, shout out also to Frank. He also has a podcast. Uh, his podcast is to be Frank, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So to be Frank. Make sure pod. to go yeah, yeah. pod as well. So make sure to go uh, check him out as well. Amazing guy. He's a friend of all of us as well. And I know he has interesting stuff. I have heard some of his podcasts as well. It's truly, it's it's good. And we want to close off as well, saying once again, thank you. You know, they, we're coming to end with season one, you know, and then um, just a little spoiler, we will be, you know, taking a couple weeks off with this. Uh, you know, we're well going to be... Congratulations, if I can say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm really happy what you guys are doing. Really excited for you guys. And I think that it's going to grow even more if, if you stick PTO, with it. PTO. Yeah. And, 
Oh, well, something to add to add because of this. One of the reasons why we wanted to start start this off is oh, for me, uh, I remember me and Danny were were talking about uh, starting a podcast and stuff, and then you know Jerry as well. He he wanted he saw the vision as well. But one of the reasons why I wanted to start it was because there's so many things. Like for example, YouTube. There's so many people in like on YouTube. A lot of you could say. Uh, I want to say celebrities, maybe uh, personnel. You could say that a lot of people are are looking at them, are viewing them, are listening to them on a weekly. You know, and yeah. they have so many ideas. And, and in my mind, I thought, why not an apostolic Christian? You know, why not an, a group of an apostolic Christians uh, just unite and, and form a podcast? You know, and then not so much only talking about biblical things because uh, we did talk about it, but talk about you know world issues. You know, talk current about events. current issues, current events and, and and stuff that, you know, be transparent on this podcast. And so I'm grateful. I want to shout out, you know, Danny and, and Jerry. They've been awesome. They've been awesome. We all put our little part to make this happen. And if if Danny wasn't there, I know this wouldn't happen. If Jerry wasn't there, I know this wouldn't happen. So um, I'm truly grateful for them as well. I do have one request. Yeah. Um, Number one, whenever there's an in-studio, you got to have me back for, for this session. <laughs> we will. Yeah. And then secondly, if and when you guys do any kind of merch, I think your, yeah, your season yeah, one definitely. guest should get some kind of discount or something. <laughs> we're, we're part of this journey. For there you go, Frank. Oh, there it is. He's already repping the perspective <laughs> on. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do you see the, 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 the background? That's custom. <laughs> Did you, did you make that? Yeah, I drew it and, and I painted it. Jerry right. over here leaking our merch already. <laughs> <laughs> I told him he should angle. I... <laughs> For... All right, well, before before uh, before we, we end it off, just one thing, just you can say yes or no, 60 games in a baseball season. What's the question? Baseball, 60 games uh, in a baseball season? season? Oh. Good or bad? <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll shout out my sports podcast. Let's be frank. 60 pod. games uh, and uh, everywhere you season. get your podcast, Apple podcasts, whatever. Um, we talked about that. And it, it, look, it's the best you can do with what you have. You know, sadly, there's a lot of greed going on and the, it, it is what it is. The way that I see it is it people keep asking, I'm, is there going to be a legitimate champion mm-hmm. at the end of the season? I say yes on this basis. 1999 San Antonio Spurs. 2013 Miami Heat, those were champions of shortened seasons. No one really talks about the fact that those seasons were shortened. Those legacies are are added to with those championships. Duncan got his uh, you know a ring in that year, his first ring. LeBron got a ring in 2013 in the shortened season. No one takes that away from them. So I feel like because it's an even playing field for all of the you know 30 major league baseball teams, you know it, it's going to be a legitimate champion. I don't like it, of course, and I would never want to do it again. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to watch. <laughs> I feel okay. like it's going to be more competitive. I don't even watch baseball, but that's that another perspective, I guess. I was like, everybody's going to come with their A game every single game. So, yeah, we want to close <laughs> it off. Thank you once again to uh, yeah. Brother Frank for, <laughs> for right, accepting. Right. And definitely, <laughs> we're all at the work of getting a, a quote-unquote studio, if you could say so. But Whatever, man. We're going to call it a studio. <laughs> if it's your bedroom, bro, we'll call it a studio. <laughs> I'm going to have to clean my bedroom if it's going to be here. Yeah, you should always. 
<laughs> yeah, clean your room, yeah. guys. Clean your room. That's a JP <laughs> 12 Rules of Life. <laughs> yeah, clean your room. But uh, we want to close one. it off. We want to <laughs> thank everyone again for tuning in. And and yeah, that's I think it. that's pretty much it. Stay on the lookout. If you guys don't follow us, follow us at perspectives underscore pod and be on the lookout for season two. Thanks a lot, guys. I really had I had a blast, man. Thank you. All right, you guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah. All right.